Good morning, this is Nick Augustine with Mark Strogans here at Strogans Law Group, and today we are talking about divorce and child custody basics in Texas. Good morning, Mark. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. So, it's August, there's a lot of, well, not August yet, but July, yeah, almost. Right. I feel like it's August already, but August is back to school, we just have 4th of July, and when people who are having a rocky relationship are spending a lot of time together, right. Uh, on family vacations or doing 4th of July, maybe someone drank too much stuff, too many fireworks, scared some kids. We all know things can go wrong. So summertime is a common time for getting divorced. And there's a lot of people out there who might wonder, am I doing the right thing? How do I know I really want to get divorced? How do I find the right law firm? So if someone calls you at Scroggins Law Group here for a divorce consultation, how do they know? How do you, what do they tell? What do you tell them if they don't know if they're ready to get divorced? Maybe they should wait it out, go to some household. Well, you know, yeah. let's let's kind of back up for a second. Actually, generally, summer is one of the slowest times for divorces. Okay, most people wait till uh, the kids are back in school before they do things. Now, that doesn't mean that you are ready to pull the trigger that you shouldn't pull the trigger during the summer. Okay, mm -hmm. um, it all depends on what the special circumstances are of your individual. Because every every divorce case is different. You know, some have kids, some don't have kids. Some have significant property, some don't. Some of that significant property sometimes is, you know, real convoluted, and uh, you've got questions of char characterization. And, and sometimes it's straightforward cookie cutter. You know, IRAs, four hundred one ks, you know, a house, maybe an investment property, all easy. Okay, mm -hmm. when you start getting into royalties and intellectual property and different things like that, it gets it gets complicated. You better make sure that you've got somebody, you know, that's board certified and knows what the hell they're doing. Okay, so that's that's pretty important. As far as knowing whether or not you are ready to pull the trigger, the only person who can answer that is you. You know, so coming in and talking to a lawyer and finding out what does a divorce look like, okay? What is the process? How does that work? Is a great idea as far as just coming in and getting information. If you've got situations where, like you just talked about, you know, Fourth of July stuff, so people get together, they're out on the lake, mom or dad, you know, drank too much, makes an ass out of themselves. If that's a one-off, you know, getting divorced over that, you know, I kind of wonder, okay, you know, are you really giving your marriage a chance? But right. if that is the straw that broke the camel's back, that's a whole different situation. Okay, so. That's why it's important to come in and talk to someone and understand, you know, what does it look like? So I think about that, the sister-in-law or the sister might be there that says, really, are you going to put up with this? How many more summers are we going to go through this? When then people know that things have been rocky for a while, but then you talk about complicated things and you know, royalties and businesses and everything right. else. And some people just say, this is too much to handle. I don't know if I can do it. Well, and that's the advantage of, you know, hiring hiring a really good lawyer. I mean, you know, what I what I tell everybody that, that comes in and, and consults with me is whether you hire us or whether you hire somebody else, you need to hire a lawyer and a law firm that, you know, you feel comfortable with, that you can trust. Mm -hmm. um, because that relationship is important because the reason you go to a lawyer is for their advice. So if you're not going to adhere to the advice that is given by by that lawyer, you know, maybe that's not the right lawyer for you. Right. Additionally, the whole idea is you've got all of this pressure going on of I don't know what to do, how do I handle this and how do I handle the other? 
and it's supposed to be able to you know take these problems off of your shoulders and hand some of it over to your lawyer you know and your lawyer should be able to shepherd you through the process so let's let's talk about what does that look like for a second all right so if someone knows that they're ready to ready to pull the trigger okay you're typically going to seek that you're going to you're going to file an original petition for divorce and an awful lot of the time there's going to be a temporary restraining order now that's not always necessary. So like Dallas, Collin, Denton counties all have what are called standing orders, okay? And those contain the vast majority of things that were in the old temporary restraining order. And so those are kind of common sense things, you know? Don't go buy a Maserati. Don't change beneficiaries on health insurance and life insurance plans. Don't start cutting things off at the family home if you're not living there. Don't try to pull a kid out of one school and put them in another or out of a daycare facility and do that. Don't be taking the kids and, you know, going to some non-Hague uh, <laughs> signy country in the Middle East, you know, with the kids where we don't know if we're ever getting them back. Right. Don't do that kind of stuff. What about starting a blog about how awful your ex is going to be? Not a good idea. You no? Know? So it's kind of the same thing, you know. Uh, you've heard me say a million different times. Don't press send. Right. You know, so expect we that. We gotta learn from that. Well, exactly. I mean, expect that everything you say, okay, you're gonna hear again, okay? Expect that everything you write is going to be read again, and expect that it's gonna be read by a judge. And maybe read aloud in open court. Well, okay? sure, social media posts right up there, like they put up with Trump's tweets up on the signs, you know, they could have that you know, right up there. Like, or, well, I, that happens all the time. Social media is always, uh, involved in divorce cases. It is amazing to me how often people post stupid stuff. So I should go delete my all my accounts, right? No, I'm not saying go delete all your accounts. I'm just saying be smart. Right. And do not, you know, if you're sitting there with a bunch of buddies playing beer pong, that's probably not the best thing to post if you are in the middle of a child custody fight where there's an allegation of alcohol abuse. Right. Okay? You know, don't sit there... I remember, you know, a couple years ago, or maybe it was three years ago, three years ago, I think, when there was the, uh, oh, the uh, NFL draft, you know, and there was the, the kid from either Mississippi or Mississippi State, big lineman, I think his name was Larry Tunstall, mm -hmm. all right, and, you know, stuff surfaced the night of the draft of him, you know, smoking dope with a, you know, with a mask on kind of uh, like gas mask. Oh. And all of a sudden his stock dropped. Well, guess what? Well, right. You know, people do stupid stuff, you know? And the things that we think, you know, in adolescent years that, oh, you know, ha, 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 this is funny. That kind of crap it's will come back on there. And you can find it, people don't realize. You can go back when your timeline comes up. You see things from 10 years ago that people weren't thinking about some of this right. stuff. So, you know, might be a good idea to go. Now, let me... Let me clarify this, okay? Yeah. If you did something at 18 and you're 35, I don't really care, all right? The question is, what have you been doing lately? So right. if you've got a picture of you at 35 years old, you know, wearing a gas mask, smoking a bong, <laughs> you know, not smart. Don't post that, right. all right? You know, people do funny, you know, do stuff that they think is funny, but it will come back to haunt you, yeah. all right? So, so the question becomes, if you even need a temporary restraining order, or if there's been family violence, uh, you know, or threats of family violence, do you need a protective order? Mm -hmm. So those are things that, that come up. There are those out there who would attempt to get protective orders to use as an advantage in, uh, in child custody litigation when it's really not warranted. 
and you know, frankly, they should be ashamed of themselves. But if you've really got some some child custody stuff going on, and uh, you need to protect yourself, and you need to protect your kids, mm-hmm. and you know, there has been family violence that is documented. Uh, you've got bruises, you've got you know lacerations, whatever. There's stuff to show there. Right. Um, just understand everything. You know, there, it's going to be scrutinized. What about right. removal from the house? Like, you know, we can't decide. You know, we're going to get divorced. Who stays? Who goes? Well, and so if you get an ex parte protective order, they're going to kick kick that person out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Typically, that is not going to happen. Okay. You need some sort of exceptional, extraordinary circumstances where there's going to be a kick out order. Mm-hmm. Okay. Otherwise, what's going to happen? Let's say you go in with that temporary restraining order. So you've got a temporary order hearing that's going to happen within two years, two years, two weeks. Okay. Because a TRO. Uh, dissolves by operational law within 14 days, okay, if it's not extended by the court, mm-hmm. all right? Um, so in that case, you have this temporary order hearing. At that temporary order hearing, if you haven't already agreed to what the terms are, that judge is going to make a determination as to temporary conservatorship, temporary possession and access, temporary child support, who's going to live where, who's going to pay what bills, all of that. So there's always the opportunity to agree to it. And obviously, if you and your spouse can agree, that's better, it's less expensive. But generally, if you're coming to me, it's because y'all aren't getting along real well. Right, okay. What happens if they cut off access to the funds? What if I come in and I'm a husband and my wife has gone and changed all the accounts, made all sorts of allegations, has all these police reports where she's called the cops on me several times, right. and I'm frozen out of everything and I don't know what to do. I, can, I don't even know how to write you a check. Well, you know, you then got a battle. Yes. I mean, so you've got to you've got to go in and you've got to defend yourself in that protective order hearing, and you've got to line up all your witnesses and and be ready to fight fire with fire. What you know, and then asking about getting access to funds. Uh-huh. The question becomes, you know, who's the high who's the high wager? What are the account in, are the accounts in both of your names? And it was just that the uh, the passwords and stuff were changed, or is it that you know money has been moved out of joint accounts? Uh, into individual accounts so that you can't have access. A lot of those are pretty easy to undo depending on what the history is. Some of them are more difficult. So one of the things you might need to do is seek a motion for interim attorney's fees, okay? And and that's a multi-step process. So I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you need to be able to prove, you know? Why do you need it? How much do you make as compared to the other person? Um, Is there a source of funds from which these fees can be paid. Are these, is this source community or is it separate? Because that's going to make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's just a lot of different things. But those are all things that you should talk about during the consultation. Okay. What here at Scroggins Law Group makes you all different from other attorneys, other firms? Well, I mean, we are a, you know, we're a family law boutique. Um, I'm board certified in, in family law. We've got other uh, family lawyers that are just absolutely. I think one of the things that makes us a little different is, you know, we are we are a quality, not a quantity practice. Right. So uh, we do not handle, you know, a hundred cases at a time. That's just not what we do. Uh, we believe in taking the case and looking it up the right way to make sure that we can get the best possible results for our client. And the key term there is best possible. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can't change what the facts are, but we can sure assist you in how to play those cards. So to speak. Okay, so 
one of the advantages with, with our size is that we're big enough to handle anything in one locker, but we're also small enough so that, you know, you're not a number, you know, so you know who you're dealing with. You know uh, from the uh, legal assistant that you first meet when you walk in the door to uh, one of our numerous paralegals and one of our lawyers, and, mm-hmm. and the likelihood is that you have met multiple lawyers, you know, because we do stuff on a team basis uh, on those matters. It's so important to people who are worried about what's going to happen to their family, especially their kids, when parents who are facing, you know, maybe I should do the divorce, it's time now, you know, it comes to that question of, are we better off staying together, fighting in front of our kids or not? You know, the kids know what's going on some of the times. Um, you know, people are very concerned about, is this going to derail my kid who's on track to great things? Do we involve some mental health people? That's so right. I can see how it's so important to someone to have that level of, I, I suppose, intimacy. I don't know if that's the right word, but attention also right. to your case and not just being one of a thousand. Yeah, I mean, that's. I think that's that's hugely important. And, you know, the use of mental health experts in cases is, is very important. And, you know, the question of do we stay together for the kids? Mm-hmm. Um, that was my generation. Most of them my parents. The second we all went to college, our parents all... Yeah, and I think that that happens an awful lot. And here's, I think you you know you alluded to this. Kids are smart. I mean, they pick up on stuff. Now, here's the other thing that people don't think about uh, with that is you know, you are setting an example for them of what a what a good relationship is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. So if you and your spouse are fighting all the time and dog cussing each other, guess what? That's what they think is normal. Okay. So it creates all sorts of situations. So either, either a they think that's normal, and you know, so that's they tend to have one of these you know highly volatile type of relationships or series of relationships that you know are just when it's good, it's really good. When it's bad, it's really bad. Right. You know, it's Mount Everest and the Marianas Trench. You know, right. it's that kind of thing. Or you've got someone that it becomes so averse to conflict that they can't stand up for themselves. And so they're with someone that's a total control freak that just runs over them, okay? Neither of those scenarios are good. So if, you know, if if you're fighting like cats and dogs and you're not happy and you've got this mindset, well, I'm just gonna, you know, we're gonna wait till the kids get to college and then we'll go ahead. You know, you're not doing anybody any favors on that. But the, the other thing is you've gotta be true to yourself. So. If you're in a relationship like that, are you ready to just pull the trigger, or do you need to satisfy some of the what ifs? You know, what if I tried this, or what if I tried that? I'm one of those types of people where I have to satisfy the what ifs. You know, so, you know, going to going to counseling, go to counseling individually, find out, you know, what really makes me tick, what do I need, and what can I live with, and what can I not live with, okay? Sit down with your spouse and have Rational, calm discussions about that. That can't be yelling back and forth and the dog cussing and, and all that stuff. Although, you know, emotions get elevated and that's pretty normal for that kind of escalate, escalation to happen. But that, that's when, you know, the use of a marriage counseling can be can be really advantageous. So Well, even, and even if it is still the decision comes to you and the marriage counselor helps you get back to why you were there in the first place. Right. It may have broken some of the ice and some of the, you know, 
let's calm some of the aggression so that when we do get into a situation like mediation, mm-hmm. you know, we have already like set our piece, you know, and we're get ready to get down to that bottom line. Well, and that's, that's always the, the best situation. I mean, you know, so it, some cases are really easy. Okay. Most are not. Um, if you've got, you know, a real easy divorce case, um, where it's, okay, we've got, we've got two kids, they're ages eight and 10. We've already agreed on where we think that the kids should live primarily and what the possession schedule is. And, you know, you've got, I've got a 401k, she's got a 401k, that kind of thing. You know, we can definitely help you with that. But I mean, you don't need me on that. That is not the case that I typically get hired on. And frankly, there's no reason to pay my rate on something like that. You don't need that. Where you where it gets complicated um, is if it is a big custody dispute, you know, if both parents think that the kids are better off living with them or uh, one, is, you know, one wants a 50-50 possession schedule and the other says no way, no how. Mm-hmm. And the problem that you have an awful lot of the time is the acrimony between the parties has gotten to such a heightened level of just hatred to a certain degree of the other party that they cannot separate that from their parenting, okay? And what is in the child's best interest. And, um, you know, and then there are others that, you know, want to use the kids as as a pawn, you know, or as pawns to try to, uh, you know, extricate additional funds from the, uh, you know, pay to play kind of thing. And and that's a shame, but that, that happens all the time. What about expectations? Mm-hmm. I can come in here as a potential client, right. tell you, here's this, here's this, here's this, you know, and right. you can size up, right. you know, your divorce is like this, like this, like this, here's mm-hmm. what you can expect, that, 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 and that. Right. All is fair. We file, we get everything filed, we're all ready. Who does, who does the other side hire? You know, who does wife get? And wife gets someone who is, could be, very ready to settle things. Let's get down to brass tacks. Let's be adults about this. Sure. Wife could also go and hire wild, fiery-eyed, wacky-waving, inflatable tube-man lawyer who wants to jump around and is going to make your case and your life a, you know, not so fun. Right. What do you do? How do you when your expectations are set aside and people get upset? You know, well, you know, how do we? We don't know what's going to happen. What do we do, Mark? Well, you know, I will always tell my clients that I hope your spouse goes out and hires the very best lawyer that they can because if, if they do, um, odds are that I've worked with them on different cases and that they've got a certain experience level that they're going to know realistically what the range of possibilities are. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you know, so that's good because on most of those cases, it doesn't mean that there aren't going to be hearings and there aren't going to be some fights, you know, in, mm-hmm. in court, but it's, we know what the realm of possibilities are. So, the likelihood is that we can resolve, you know, the vast majority of issues and we might need to go to the court for direction on, on certain things. But that is, you know, that's a really good thing. Now, there are other folks out there that, you know, you're never going to get an agreement that the sky is blue, you know, and I will let the client know that, hey, your bill just went up by 50% or 100% because of here's what I would expect to happen based on my experience right. with those. And so, 
that is part of making sure that you know your clients understand what's going on and that's you know one of the things that lawyers can do an awful lot okay and the expertise and you know the quality of uh, and experience of someone in the courtroom can do a whole lot for uh, for someone but if you've got bad facts really bad facts mm-hmm. on your on your case, you know, those don't disappear, okay? You cannot be a miracle worker, okay? You know, if if you've been in and out of rehab five times for a crack and cocaine addiction, I can't make that disappear, okay? If you tell me that, oh yeah, I'm clean and it's, and it, you know, it's real this time and you've got three months sobriety under your belt, guess what? You know, you aren't going to be primary, okay? That's just not going to happen. Right. It's just not going to happen. And are you going to have some sort of a step-up order over a period of time? You know, yeah. Are you going to be drug tested? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay? That just doesn't go away, okay? Additionally, just because you think something is a certain way with division of assets doesn't mean that the other side agrees, okay? There are steps that have to be taken to show the reason why our position is such. So when you get down to characterization of separate and community property and you have some mixed assets that are difficult, it's a process. So typically you need to bring in, you you might need a forensic accountant to be able to trace some things. And you might need, if there's a a business involved, it's a closely held business, you are gonna need a business valuation expert. that business valuation expert, if it's you know an entrepreneurial deal, they're going to be looking at what is commercial goodwill and what's personal goodwill. People probably don't know what the hell I'm talking about there, but personal goodwill is basically the value. No, it's not the store. No, it's oh, basically you don't the goodwill. Okay, it is basically the value that you bring to the business. Right. Okay, and that is separate property, meaning it's not divisible. The commercial goodwill is separate. The easiest way I know to explain that is like if I owned an insurance an insurance agency, and you go out and you have all these insurance contracts, okay? You're paying, they're paying residuals, right? Right. Okay? That's going to be commercial, okay? But all the bringing bringing in new business and stuff like that and all the networking, and I've been doing it for 35 years and all that kind of stuff, I bring value to that, okay? So that's got a value. Now, what is it? Hell, I don't know. That's the reason I got to bring in a business valuation expert. But that's the point, okay? So there are a lot of these things that it's not cut and dry, okay? It is a process. And I try to explain to people that understand this isn't going to happen overnight. You know, people hear that, well, it can be done in 60 days. Yeah, if you have nothing and no kids. (laughs) Right, but it is exceptionally rare that something gets done like that, especially if there's any kind of an argument. The reason I asked about the out of control opposing counsel is, can you? I can imagine that you know, if I'm a potential client and my you know, soon to be ex wife, her <laughs> best friend just graduated law school two years ago and has his own practice, mm-hmm. and I'd be concerned about that guy learning this stuff while you know we're trying to go and it's going to cost me money. Oh know? yeah, so, that's horrible. That's horrible. I mean, you know, if you've got somebody that is not a specialist, okay, uh, or at least doesn't do this constantly all day, every right. day, and they don't know what the hell they're doing, 
it's costing you money right. because you're educating them. They're trying to do stuff that they can't do, you know, and they aren't going to agree to agree with you about it. And so you have to go have hearings that are unnecessary. Yeah. You know, so, so it's a problem. My last question for today sure. is what about relationships? Because, you know, you wish you could take love and likes, but you can't control love. And sometimes you can't control emotions. And, you know, sometimes, you know, when Facebook first came out 10 years, whatever years ago, one of my friends called it divorce book. You see all these people who are like, what if, what would have happened with so-and-so? All of a sudden, their friend request, boom, boom, boom. Right. People are talking to each other. And, you know, reality is sometimes other relationships seep into cause or are in ancillary too. But divorce, you know, breakups, makeups, new relationships. What are your advice for someone who may be seeing someone else? Or, you know, when in the divorce, can they introduce them around or should you just put them aside or what? I mean, because there's there, that other person, you know, can be so important to us, but it can cloud our judgment and can mess everything up. But then are we supposed to live, you know, in a, by ourselves forever? And Not forever, but for a little while. I mean, if you're going through a divorce, don't date, okay? Just stop for a little while. First, you know, if you read anything or you talk to you know any any professional, they're going to tell you that you know you're going to need at least twelve to eighteen months typically to work through you know a divorce. Okay, it can be longer, it can absolutely be longer as well. The other thing is you are still married until the divorce is granted. So just because y'all don't live together and all that, and you're like, okay, so I'm bringing in the flavor of the week or whatever, until three bad. That's right. Okay, so, so, don't, so like don't do that. I mean, you're just adding bad facts that we don't need to don't need to add. Also, if even if you're going to do that, which you shouldn't, don't be stupid enough to bring that new love interest around the kids while you are going through a divorce. You are going to just jack up the emotions to where the possibility of reaching agreements on stuff. Well, because they're going to go tell. Of course they are. Of course they are, and it is unkind to the other person. It is really confusing to the kids. It is not the thing to do, okay? Now, if you're talking about after you're divorced, go ahead and date, yeah. okay? Don't introduce the kids to the new love interest right away. See if it's going somewhere. I mean, I can tell you that I got divorced from my first wife uh, 16 years ago, okay? I got remarried about five years ago. So during that 11-year period, my daughter met three women that I dated. Three, okay, that, you know, I had been dating for a long time. The third is my wife now, okay? So think about that because all it does is creates confusion. And also, kids typically get jealous if they don't feel like you're spending time with them, if you're only spending time with them when you've got the new love interests around. And unfortunately, what happens an awful lot of the time is they try to shove that new person on the kid to you know have a relationship with with this person and it's not a natural type of situation you need to let that relationship if if it gets to the point of introducing them let that relationship happen naturally don't try to you know force force the issue they've right. got a mom they've got a dad let those people play their parts don't try to, you know, bring in a servant. Mm. One last question before we wrap, and this ties along with the relationships, because I thought, well, 
you know, the people that hear this are like, well, I'm going to don't tell Mark. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to work. Oh, no, 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 I've had that. I'm times. not seeing anyone. I don't know. She, you know, who, you know, who's that sitting in the in, over there right. in the court? You know, right. who's that out there? You know, in in the parking lot waiting in the car. Right. So it kind of begs the question: people, you you take people as they come. Right. And people are honest or they're not. doesn't matter on, you know, level of education or socioeconomic status. Right. You may have people who lie to you. What do you do? Well, I mean, if you find out that people are lying to you, you know, I've got no problem. In I mean, you can, you can see through stuff. I mean, I mean, you're, tr- you're probably like one of the best people in seeing through BS. I mean, that's what you do. Well, I mean, and sometimes you, so there's a difference if you find out that somebody is lying to you or someone's just kind of using puffery, shall we say, okay? And it depends on what the what the issues are. Is it something that's important? Is it something that you have found out that uh, a client is lying uh, lying in court? You know, because I sure as hell not put my license on the line for anybody uh, to listen to them perjure themselves. I can't be a part of that. I won't, you know? I think they're some awful they might uh, and do, mm-hmm. but that's not me. Um, here's the thing. You are not doing yourself any favors if you are lying to your lawyer, okay? Everything you tell that lawyer is protected by the attorney-client privilege. Unless someone comes in and tells me I am about to commit this crime, crime, okay? Everything else is is privileged. So if you came in to me today and we had an attorney-client relationship and you told me, I just killed Sam before I came in here. Okay. Well, I do. Yeah. It's it matter. He cut me off. This right. divorce is really driving me. Up. So I can't do anything about that. Yeah. Now, if you told me I'm going to go kill Sam as soon as we're done, I've got an obligation to wrap right. you out. Okay. Right. Uh, so that's different. So the point is, tell your lawyer everything. That's the way that they know. You know what what can and cannot be done. Yeah. You just do yourself a disservice if you don't. There's so many complicated things going on. And the one thing, the central point takeaway that I always get from these conversations is hire a lawyer who's good, find the best one you can, someone who knows what they're doing, who's seen things left, right, and center before, and knows exactly who to bring in, how to manage it, you know, which attorney to send on which thing, who to talk to, what to do. Any other final takeaways for people who may be on the fence and saying, you know, maybe I'll just wait to get the kids in school and we'll see if, because my mother was always one, like, well, we'll wait till the kids are in school or wait till the summertime or wait till after Christmas. Well, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with doing that, mm-hmm. okay? But you need to look at what the, you need to look at what the totality of the circumstances are, okay? If you are planning to complain about bad acts for some sort of extraordinary relief, so in other words, if you are going to seek an ex parte protective order because your spouse just whipped your ass, okay, don't wait two months to try to go seek an ex parte protective order. The court is going to look at that going, uh, must not be too scared if, if that happened and you continued with this person for another two months. So the farther you get away from bad acts, mm-hmm. the less value they have. Right. And that's a really bad way to term it, of calling it value. But the, I should say the less impact they have. That's probably a better way to put it. Mm-hmm. Okay? So remember those things. And it never hurts if you are thinking about things to call a lawyer and you know sit down and talk to them and just to find out what your options are and what do things look like and what, how, what strategy would you employ and is this possible, is this possible, is that possible? And if so, how do we get there? 
you know, what kind of time are we looking at? What do you estimate the total fees would be? You know, and so these are all things to discuss with, you know, with someone when, when it gets to that point. All right. So for people who are interested and ready to do something, uh, need to call you and get a consultation, what are their next steps? So you can always get a hold of us at uh, our main office number, which is 214-469-3100. Or you can just email me directly at mark at scrogginslawgroup.com. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to our podcast. And thank you also for sharing this information with someone you may know who may be going through some of these challenges because people don't always tell you that, you know, everyone plays that life is great. And we don't always know what's going on behind the gates. That's exactly right. All right. Thank you much.